0: Clarence Talk and, and Sauce Podcast. I'm Johannes, your host, coming to you from an undisclosed location from my dorm. But I wanted to keep these going. I know I've been away for a couple of weeks now, and I wanted to keep them going, uh, especially while I was away. Um, I think it's important to still keep in touch, and this is one of the ways of, of doing so. Today, I'm going to talk a little bit about uh, this God, the gospel for the day. Which, uh, if you're hearing later, it's the gospel for today, which is August 4th. And the gospel today is about Jesus walking on water, coming to you from Matthew chapter 14, verse 22, all the way down through 33. And I'll talk about that, give some commentary, talk about some things going on in the youth group. Uh, yeah, but I want, I want to keep it going. I want to keep these going. I know I've, I've neglected the podcast for a couple of weeks now, and it's about time I get back into it, even if it's recording on my phone and getting it to you all. I uh, hope, uh, hope you enjoy these remote episodes. So what are we talking about here? Jesus walking on water. I'm going to go ahead and read the gospel, and then I'll give a quick, uh, my two cents, and then we'll keep it going. But before we the gospel, let's make the sign of the cross. In the name of the Father, Son, and the Holy Spirit. Amen. Then he made the disciples get into the boat and precede him to the other side while he dismissed the crowds. After doing so, he went up to the mountain by himself to pray. When it was evening, he was there alone. Meanwhile, the boat, already a few miles offshore, was being tossed about by the waves, for the wind was against it. During the fourth watch of the night, he came toward them, walking on the sea. When the disciples saw him walking on the sea, they were terrified. It is a ghost, they said, and they cried out in fear. At once, Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Peter said to him in reply, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. He said, Come. Peter got out of the boat and began to walk on the water toward Jesus. But when he saw how strong the wind was, he became frightened and began to sink. And he cried out, Lord, save me. Immediately, <clears throat> excuse me, Jesus stretched out his hand and caught him and said to him, Oh, you little of faith, why do you doubt? After they got into the boat, the wind died down. Those who were on the boat didn't did him homage, saying, "Truly, you are the Son of God." A couple things to note here. One big thing to note is Jesus often a lot, often a lot. It's redundant. Goes by himself to pray. This is very important. He's having intimate time with his Father in prayer. If we are to be like Jesus, and we are, newsflash, we should be doing this as well. We should be finding times throughout our busy lives to go out by ourselves. No social media, no YouTube, no music, no nothing. Just us and the Father. But we continue. So he's walking in the fourth watch of the night. This is important to know why, because the fourth watch is the last quarter of the day. It's the last, or sorry, last quarter of the night. The 3 a.m. to 6 a.m. hour. The darkest part of the night is when Jesus returns to them. Think about that. The darkest, he didn't come back at midnight, 1 a.m. No, it was the darkest part of the night is when he returned. He was in prayer until that darkest part of the night. And the disciples were terrified. I mean, I would be too. If some guy was walking on the water, I didn't know who it was, I'd kind of be freaking out as well. I'm not going to lie. And so they cried out in fear. But verse 27 here, at once Jesus spoke to them, Take courage, it is I. Do not be afraid. Verse fourteen twenty-seven. here. This is important. It is I. This alludes to the I am that is reserved only for God. And this is again important because Jesus is the Son of God, the second person of the Trinity, therefore God. So Jesus is alluding to the I am That the Father proclaimed to Moses. It's a key distinction to make here. And Peter says, Lord, if it is you, command me to come to you on the water. So one thing to know, you know, Jesus, uh, or sorry, Peter is often praised for his faith. And and Father Neil um, will talk about it in his homily coming up here if you're following our uh, video Masses. But he makes a good point, Father O'Neill does, in, in pointing this out. Peter starts off with the, the Lord if. So yeah, he acknowledges and says Lord, but there's that doubt clause in there. If it is you. If it is you. He's t- Peter's testing the situation here. He's testing God. And Jesus obliges. He says, come. And so Peter, of course, got out. Now, again, it's important to note here who is in charge. And this is a theme in Matthew and elsewhere in the New Testament. Peter speaks for the disciples. Peter speaks for the disciples and the twelve. He's he's the chief, and that's why Peter's the first pope. Because Jesus made him first pope. And Matthew is very... uh, focused on painting Peter as the chief and this also happens in Luke and Acts and elsewhere. So you see Peter speaking for the disciples and Peter tests the situation and Jesus tells him to come and Peter walks on the water. But then he saw the strong wind and he became frightened and began to sink and he cried out, Lord, save me. So what happened? Peter tested Jesus. Jesus obliged and said, Peter, come. But then Peter is distracted. He's human. Think about it. It's three to, somewhere between 3 and 6 a.m. Pitch dark. If the moon was out, okay, you had some moonlight. And think of the waves. Think of the howling wind and the slush, the, the, you know, the, the smacking of the water, the waves. That's intimidating. Just close your eyes and, and, and imagine that for a second. That's intimidating. So how human is it for Peter to be distracted by the waves and the wind and he begins to sink? The distraction turns him away from God's power. But then verse 31 says, Immediately, immediately, Jesus reached out his hand and caught him. And he says, Oh, you little of faith, why do you doubt? <laughs> it's, it's almost humorous, really. Kind of some weird comedic relief, you know. Why you doubt? You little of faith. And, and one note that I like to make that, that this Bible makes here is this... This is unique to Matthew. This verb is peculiar in Matthew to Matthew, and it occurs elsewhere only in Matthew twenty-eight. And talks about how this this type of doubt is like, oh, you, you should have more faith, but you don't. Why should Peter have more faith? Well, he's the first pope. He's one of the apostles. The apostles are more enlightened than everyone else. They've been, the glory of God has been revealed to them. And so Jesus is kind of making a point here. He's like, why do you doubt you should have more faith? It's not really condemning. It's more like, come on, you know who I am, right? You know who I am. And after he got out of the boat, the wind died down, and those who were on the boat did him homage, saying, Truly, you are the Son of God. They acknowledge Jesus as the Son of God. This is a precursor to when Peter becomes Pope. Peter doesn't become Pope until the 16th uh, chapter in the... 16th verse, 16, 16 in Matthew, Simon Peter said in reply, You are the Messiah, the Son of the living God. Because Jesus asks, Who do you say that I am? And that's when Peter is made Pope. Because the apostles are supposed to have more faith. The glory of God has been revealed to them. So this whole, why do you doubt? Here in Matthew is like, You know who I am. I've revealed myself to you. Not completely, that doesn't happen until later. But we've been hearing these parables and Jesus already during these parables is saying more has been revealed to you than everyone else in a sense. And so Jesus is confirming this here and reminding Peter of this in this moment. Why? You have little faith, why do you doubt? Because Peter himself yelled, Lord, save me. So clearly Peter knew after He said, Lord, if it is you, Peter knew who he was approaching. So what Jesus is pointing out here is the distraction. Peter didn't start sinking until he was distracted. And that's why I say it's important, when I highlighted in the beginning that Jesus went by himself to pray. And in the first reading, in uh, upcoming in, in the upcoming Sunday you'll hear that God wasn't in the fire or the wind or anything I'm talking about Elijah's experience but God is in that silent quiet moment that's why distractions can get the best of us because of our human condition we're easily distracted And if you have an ADHD brain like I do, you're very easily (laughs) distracted. That's what Jesus is pointing out here, you little of faith. Peter knew who Jesus was. He acknowledged who Jesus was in that moment. Lord, save me. Peter knew who he was approaching, but he was distracted because he's human. So guess what? It's going to happen to us. Breaking news. You already know this. So what do we do in these distracted moments? We say, Jesus, save me. <laughs> the Jesus prayer is a great prayer. It's a prayer from the East, from the Eastern Church, but it's a fantastic prayer. And I think it's one that's, it's very simple to pray. And it's, it, it, what it does is it, it helps center us. It helps To remind us who Jesus is. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's a beautiful prayer. Lord Jesus Christ, have mercy on me, a sinner. Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. That's what we can say in those distracting moments. It's a one-sentence prayer. And shout out to Matt Fred, who who, who I learned this from, but he suggests to when you inhale, see, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, and on the exhale, have mercy on me, a sinner. It's a great and powerful prayer. And I think during these crazy times with COVID and all the other stuff going on, there was an explosion in Beirut. You know, there are a lot of times where I just say, what do do we do now? (laughs) What do we do now? And that's the answer. It's so subtle and so simple and so small that it doesn't seem like it can have an impact. But imagine if the whole world did that. Imagine if you or I did that multiple times a day during our distractions, or after coming out of our distractions, rather. If we just said, Lord Jesus Christ, Son of God, have mercy on me, a sinner. I think that would impact our day greatly. And it doesn't necessarily have to be the Jesus prayer. It could be any prayer a spontaneous prayer, the Our Father, the Hail Mary, anything that reminds us of Christ could have a tremendous and powerful impact. I really believe that. And I think you do too. That's probably why you're listening to this podcast. I would hope. (laughs) Yeah. I'm very encouraged to hear that our teens still got together while I was away. That's super awesome, super fantastic. I think it speaks to the group as a whole, you know, I think I can speak for a lot of youth ministers out there that, that sometimes feel this tension about, oh my gosh, I have to be the, the star of the show, when we don't want to be the star of the show. Because it's not about us, it's about leading teens to Christ. And so I'm very encouraged to hear that our teens got together and, and we had a, de- a really decent turnout. I was very impressed with our turnout this past Sunday, and I hope this continues while I'm away. I'll be back in a couple of weeks. Can't wait. But uh, yeah, we got to stay vigilant in our distractions. We got to remember who Jesus is because we know who he is. We just got to remember because we already know. With all that, just remember top two things love God and love neighbor. Peace.